guys, welcome back to another episode of Film Junkies. While this is uh, technically episode 13 of the podcast, this is episode number one of Film Junkies with Griffin Friends, and uh, we have our first guest here today. You want to introduce yourself, sir? My name is Eric Eberly. Happy to be here, ready <laughs> to talk about some film. That's right. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, to give you guys a little bit of background on Eric, he is my best friend since sixth grade. Allegedly. Alle- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, when I came up with this kind of different format on how I wanted to run the show and um, have different people on that I know well or might not know so well, I, at the root of it, wanted to make sure that I had people who are familiar with film and the way things work in that space, and... Eric was at the top of my list of people I wanted to have on the show, so we're glad you decided to, we're glad, I'm glad, he decided to make the inaugural appearance here. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really happy to be here, and uh, it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Uh, and so, to give you guys a little bit of background, too, on our relationship throughout the years, it has heavily focused on film and watching. Yeah. We have a long long list of movies that we would say are ones that we've watched together and have enjoyed together over the years and um eric is going to be a recurring guest we uh plan to have on the show and so we were going to go through that list of movies that we have that we've watched so many times over the years and uh hopefully review a lot of those together and we've got one of them today don't we eric yes we do tell the people about the 2014 film we're going to talk about we are going to talk about whiplash it's a very exciting film and uh well griff why don't you tell them about the uh, actual stats the plot or some some things behind it yeah so to give you guys a bit of a plot summary here uh whiplash if you're not familiar is about a young and talented drummer attending a prestigious music academy who finds himself under the wing of the most respected professor at the school one who does not seem to hold back on abuse towards his students. The two form an odd relationship as the student wants to achieve greatness, and the professor pushes him. Does it give you some chills there? Does it bring you back to Whiplash right there? Yeah, I mean, there's a few scenes, obviously, that come right to mind when you think of this movie. But uh, it's a pretty short film, mm-hmm. um, so it, it gets going really fast. It kind of sets up right now it doesn't give you a long you know build up to how um the main character andrew became a drummer it's just he's a drummer yeah and um you know with uh jk simmons character fletcher you know it's it he's just the teacher that everybody knows is the best yeah there's there's no build up it's it gets right to the point yeah and you can kind of see like the way that he talks is he's a mentor to these students and he as he quotes himself in the the movie, he's there for a reason at that school, and it's not to teach people how to play music better. It's to push people to the limits that they aren't willing to go to themselves. Yeah, and absolutely. And I mean, he sets that up. He sets that up in the opening scene. You know, um, Miles Teller's character Andrew is just sitting there practicing uh, alone. He doesn't know anybody's listening, and then. Fletcher walks in and he wants to hear Andrew go through some of his drumming exercises. And uh, at one point he asks Andrew, why did you stop playing? Mm-hmm. And without saying another word, Andrew just starts playing again. And Fletcher stops him eventually. And a direct quote from the movie is, 
I asked you why you stopped playing, and your version of an answer was to turn into a wind-up monkey. Right. And that just immediately establishes his sort of attitude and how he carries himself. And This is right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the, the very scene. opening scene. Yeah. You don't see anything before that. Like I said, there's no build-up. There's no backstory. And you're just into Andrew practicing in a room, and in comes Fletcher and immediately establishes like how he carries himself for the entire film. Right. And uh, so this film was very well received, by the way. We'll talk about awards in a second, but it does have a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.5% on IMDb. But those two characters you were talking about, as far as cast goes, uh, Andrew is played by Miles Teller. We both are big fans of. Yeah, I really enjoy Miles Teller's work. Yeah, and then uh, J.K. Simmons. Even bigger fan. Even bigger fan of of (laughs) J.K. But they're the kind of two main stars in this movie. It focuses around them. As I read the plot summary, essentially, this is a teacher-student relationship film that it's all surrounded by. Absolutely. And somewhat of like a psychological thriller type movie, I would say, because it is all focused around the way that they think and act and the yeah, emotions it, de- that it definitely see. gets the blood pumping for something where, I mean, a jazz band, it wouldn't be something that would normally make someone excited. Yeah. And this is, uh, this film was actually written and directed by a director who I love. It's Damien Chazelle. You might know him from a couple small movies that nobody ever heard about, uh, La La Land and First Man. Uh, he wrote and directed La La Land and then directed First Man. So he has a, a pretty good track record with his three main films here. Especially, I would say so. Yeah, especially at the award shows. He's cleaned up in recent years. Um, another person that's actually uh, teamed up with him in a lot of the films is Justin Hurwitz, who was the composer on this film, Whiplash, La La Land, and First Man. So especially to, for to be a composer for this film that's a heavy task to take absolutely it's a movie and all it, about music it's a totally different genre from what la la land would be right so you definitely showing range there i'm not familiar with the actual composer but he's definitely showing range in what he can write by doing these different movies and the music in both of them is amazing yeah i agree so like i said it was very well received this film and at the oscars they uh they did pretty well. They were nominated for five Oscars for Whiplash, including Best Supporting Actor, Film Editing, Sound Mixing, Best Picture, and Adapted Screenplay. And J.K. Simmons actually won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, and he also won the Golden Globe for that award. And then Whiplash won the Oscars for Film Editing and Sound Mixing as well. So they did all right. It was a good night for Whiplash. They, they felt <laughs> good at the award show, definitely. Yeah, it was one that I remember when it came out, it was like just endless good reviews about everything absolutely it was kind of that underdog you know it it, like i said before it's a short film and people Mm -hmm. just randomly no one had a bunch of hype for it i mean it's a movie about jazz drumming it it didn't have a big build-up like a superhero movie or a big action movie and when it came out i heard nothing but whiplash you gotta go see whiplash yeah this was actually one of the lowest grossing films ever to be nominated for best picture at the academy awards and it's funny that you said that it's a shorter film because it it is like an hour and 40 minutes an hour something like that 35 something like that but fun fact about short films this film actually did start as an actual short film it was based it was called whiplash uh damien chazelle wrote and directed that and then submitted it to uh sundance in 2013 and they ended up winning the short film jury award and he then got funding after that to make a feature-length movie so i'm glad he did i am glad as well it's an interesting thing 
obviously me being involved and interested in uh, art films, it's cool to see like when a short film is like, oh wow, this could have potential to be a feature length movie. Absolutely. I'm glad they, they rolled the dice on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Eric, I want to talk some, some emotion. Cause some I know, emotion. yeah, I know, I know that this movie is one that does rely heavily on the emotion on screen and to cause you, you know, the momentum of it is, is fueled by the, the audience and Absolutely. you getting into it. Um, so when you're watching this movie, what are a few things, you know, that kind of catch your eye or, or draw you in, you think, as far as how they're able to show that emotion on screen? Well, definitely uh, Myers, Miles Teller does a great job of showcasing his own emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, tying in with that, he did all of his own practicing for doing his drumming he Mm -hmm. practiced for four hours three times a week Mm -hmm. so what you see on the screen is him playing the drums right and he does such a great job of showing that he's pushing through the fact that he's exhausted and his hands are bleeding yep and he is trying with every ounce of his strength to be better all the time right whether he's performing or practicing yeah no uh no fake blood no not at all (laughs) and his hands bleed a lot Mm -hmm. um so, you know, you just, you feel his work ethic and how hard he tries all the time. And that's something that reoccurs because he's always pushing to be better. Yeah. That's a huge character point about Andrew. Yeah. Also, when you tie in Fletcher, who is J.K. Simmons' character, you know, he's, he just has this dominating presence all the time. Yeah. But there are also a few times in the film where they kind of humanize him. And make it look like he's actually feeling things. And then... Key words there. Make it look like he's actually feeling things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because normally he does not show any emotion. He mm-hmm. just... He demands greatness. And nothing but. And if you are even close to off, he's going to lose it. Right. And he makes that very well known in his own band that he conducts at the school. Why do you think I just hurled a chair at your head? Exactly. You know, he, <laughs> it's like what a, he literally says it like in that tone that I just absolutely like, yeah. As he, if he literally throws a chair. It's a completely normal thing. And, it's like, and yep. I just threw a chair at your head because you were off time. And now you're going to explain to me why I did that instead of me having to explain. As absolutely. any normal person would have to give an explanation for why they did something, you have to tell him why he did that. And in the exact same scene that he throws a chair, he's slapping Andrew in the face to keep him on time. Which uh, as we've talked about was actually they actually slapped completely he slapped him. real it, yeah he slapped him straight they, in the face they faked it a few times when they were practicing before they actually filmed the scene and then miles teller and jk simmons decided for the actual film uh they should do a genuine slap and it hurt, looks like it hurts <laughs> he definitely smacks <laughs> absolutely really his, hard his face is literally red he slaps him yeah this but this is an underlying theme of the film, I think, is just, like, genuineness because both of these actors put 100% into this movie and everyone around them, too. I know you told me uh, something about the side characters or the extras in the film. Obviously, it's a, it's a film about musicians and being at a music school. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any of the side people who were in the band, band pieces, they were all real musicians from that school. Right. So yeah. they, were, they were sitting in their actual chairs performing the actual music that was composed... And another thing onto that same note, when you said these actors were real about it, they mm-hmm. both, both Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, suffered injuries while filming. 
we'll talk about it later on, but Simmons gets tackled. He does, yeah. And uh, during that scene, he broke two of his ribs. Mm -hmm. And Miles Teller, like I said before, he practiced four hours three times a week, and his bloody hands that you see throughout the film were completely real. Yeah, definitely. So that's, I mean... It's dedication. Multiple at the very blisters least. on your yeah. hands is incredibly painful. Right. And I mean it just shows what they put into this film. And and interesting that you say about how Miles Teller did practice so much for this film. He's actually been playing the drum since he was fifteen. But to keep up with the rigorous type of music that's being shown in this film, he had to take additional classes to get even better at the drums. Yeah, he had to learn a whole different style. Jazz drumming is completely different than mm-hmm. And I saw in an interview that uh while they were filming, Damien Chazelle, the director, wouldn't yell cut during scenes so that Miles Teller would just play the drums until he was exhausted so that they could get as much of it in there. So I don't know how that works into the uh, rules of Hollywood and what you can put an actor through, but I mean, it seems like they were both very willing to do this. Um, like we said, and, and it paid off in the end with those Oscars being won. And uh, one thing that we were talking about that I couldn't believe jk simmons actually won 47 different awards for his role as Fletcher, that's insane i mean he deserves like, them but that's insane yeah that many like do you think he had like shelves built in his house specifically for these he's probably awards? got a room at this point <laughs> <laughs> and welcome here's the tour of my house this is my award room we're, we're building an extension on soon <laughs> that that portion right there that's just whip that's just whiplash this is the whiplash room the division of my awards room <laughs> um but this movie i mean being so many different things like i keep drawing back to like the emotion involved in it it's it's one of those movies that you know kind of gives me the emotions i feel when i watch like a sports related movie like you're Absolutely. getting involved you in get it and you're like what's moment. gonna happen next like you're so tied into these characters on screen and you're waiting to see what else is going to happen because as it, it the, the film continuously builds and builds and builds and you get this kind of like definitely a climax not anticlimactic by any means but like it's somewhat of a negative like a downfall that you see and it's kind of like okay how's this gonna go without i don't want to give too much away but right. like you get to a point where you're like okay we got here he's working so hard for this miles teller's character andrew like he's working so hard to be this drummer and then he kind of has this breakdown and you're wondering like what's going to happen after this and the way that this film ends is one of the like my favorite endings to a movie I feel like the way that they go about it is incredible but Eric what do you what do you think as far as um I don't want to talk a little bit about like considering Damien Chazelle wrote and directed this movie obviously this is like a brainchild of him not obviously him alone but he is the one that has those soul credits what do you have to say about somebody that can create a story like this from from just their own imagination? I It's completely amazing, honestly, to how he can portray Andrew to me. Because he shows this character in a way where this person is completely focused on one thing and one thing only. Mm-hmm. And that is being an absolutely amazing jazz drummer. He wants to be the best. right? And he shows that... In so many ways during the film, just a quick scene of Andrew taking his bed out of his dorm room and he moves it into a practice room. Yep. And that's where he lives now. When he's not sleeping, he's practicing. And when he's not practicing, he's at band class. Yeah. And he brings in Andrew's girlfriend for a short time. 
Yeah. And it's almost like just a piece to show how disassociated he is with actual society. Right. That's what I was going to say. I love how they didn't skip any, like, parts of his life. Yeah. Like, they really fully encompass everything to show, like, no, drumming is what this dude is literally living for. Yeah, he's he's not able to sustain a girlfriend because he literally tells her, I want to be great and I don't have time for you. Yeah. And he, he can't even have dinner with his dad and some of his dad's friends because he finds other people who like things other than jazz drumming intolerable. It's D3. <laughs> it's division three. Yeah. He just, he doesn't care if people don't like him. He doesn't like what other people like and yeah. they can shove it. That's what he cares about. And if you're not helping him in his quest to be the greatest, you could be dead. Yeah. Which is like kind of a, on a certain level, like, an aspiring thing to want to, like, have something that you're that passionate about. But at the same time, like, you see how damaging Absolutely. Like that it's is. completely damaging for any relationship he has that isn't helping him. Yeah, because you're, you're you watching all, the movie and you're like, let him get where he wants to yeah. go. Like, we are rooting for him. But then at the same time, it's like, no, 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 don't break up your girlfriend. Don't like, sabotage don't do your that. Life. Like, yeah. don't. But, you know, at the root of it, he just loves this one thing so much that he doesn't. He doesn't want anything to get in the way of it. Absolutely. And he's perfectly comfortable with crossing the line that a lot of people aren't comfortable with crossing, which is cutting off relationships to make yourself better. Mm -hmm. And it's completely normal for someone to want to keep their girlfriend or their best friend or the relationship with their dad yeah. to put that a little bit farther back on the shelf and have different priorities. But he's got one priority. Yeah. And that's being an amazing drummer. Yeah, you know what, Eric, I've been meaning to talk to you. This podcast is taking up too much of my time. That's what you're passionate about? We're not friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be having that conversation with my girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. That's, I have no interest so in that. It, it even buries that root farther that he is completely dedicated. Well, yeah. And back to your original point, it speaks back to the writer and director of how he can develop a character that deep and also to miles teller's performance of complete focus right and you see just the kind of like it it, it turns into mental health issues and fit i mean physical health issues as well like to just show like dude okay you're passionate about this we get it but like take a breath at one point yep. like and and it's crazy too how the writing in this movie ties in different things that like foreshadow like we'll hear about uh, past students of the school that kind of reached their demise or they, they encountered some negative situations because they dedicated so much to this. And it's like, okay, we're hearing those things, but he sees it as like, oh, okay, that's somebody that failed, but that's not going to be me. Yeah and, yeah, and you start to see the, the st slow decline of his mental stability. Mm -hmm. um, basically, right when a new drummer is introduced to studio band. I hate that guy. He's... A massive tool, yeah. and I think he's written that way. Johnny Utah. They uh, they want you to hate him, <laughs> and he is <clears throat> he's a huge tool. Oh, but, fun fact about that guy: the actual actor. Yeah. Two months of drum training for that movie. They purposely cast someone who didn't know how to play the drums, and then just like threw him into like <laughs> he literally learned three songs, and that was well, it. Well, later on in the movie, uh, Fletcher admits to Andrew that all he was was motivation. But yeah. when he's first introduced, Andrew starts to lose it because yeah, 
Fletcher's trying to give him this extra motivation, mm-hmm. and he didn't even think he was good, but he was trying to push Andrew to be better, and Andrew did not take it. Well, well. he was playing the psychological game. Yeah. Fletcher was, he and was Andrew's trying... like, no, like he's... I've worked too hard physically. You cannot do this, and didn't even think about the fact that like maybe this is the chance to prove myself. He was like, no, at this point, this person's beneath me. This is my this spot. Is not... He's beneath me. You're not taking this away, and you start to see the decline of his mental stability. Yeah. And you saw in the thing for that scene for me, when he, they kind of face off against each other, essentially, if you're, if you haven't seen the film to kind of paint a picture for you, when they do bring in that new drummer, essentially Fletcher has, um, the two of them play a song against each other. And the song specifically targets a type of drumming that we know Andrew is good at. Like, that's why he was able to join this band. And he brings in this guy who Fletcher knows is as substantially worse at that type of drumming. And then I, the thing that baffles me about that scene is that Fletcher is this point of authority throughout the whole movie to this point. He's someone that Andrew is constantly trying to um, impress and show that he's good enough. And then he talks back to him. It's like, are you kidding me with this guy? Like, no, he's not better than me. I want this. And you're like, oh, wow, he's really starting to unravel because before it was like head down do exactly what he does if he says i'm good i'll do like a side smirk but i'm not going to show that i'm getting approval just work hard yeah. and, and yeah earn the part and once he earned it instead of constantly getting better which is obviously what fletcher was trying to push him to do mm-hmm. he was trying to prevent the plateau he's like wait no, no he's no, no, like no. no this is my spot I'm here you can't now. do this yeah and he did not appreciate any of fletcher bringing in another drummer into the fold not at all the scene with all three of those drummers working on trying to get the new tempo for their new song caravan Mm -hmm. is one of it's a bit of a false summit you think it's one of the big climaxes of the movie yeah because all three of them are sitting in the band room hitting the cymbal as fast as they possibly can Mm -hmm. and they're just switching in between not good enough not good enough yep and uh, eventually it's Andrew's turn and he gets up there and they're all exhausted, sweaty, breathing completely heavy. <laughs> and uh, Miles Teller character, Andrew, he finally starts to get it right. He, he gets the right tempo that Fletcher is looking for. Yeah. And instead of Fletcher being satisfied with that, he starts throwing chairs because yeah. <laughs> he always wants better. He throws a chair he kicks a he kicks another symbol out of the way. He's yelling faster in his ear. And the part that really gets me about it is he picks up a cowbell and he <laughs> starts beating it off tempo. And that just drives me insane. Like he's trying to keep that tempo in his yep. head and he's just messing with him. Yep. And he finally gets it. And when they're all basically laying on the floor, bloody hands, completely sweaty and exhausted. He says, Andrew, you got the part. And then he walks outside, brings in the band, and they start practice. Yeah, and they're sitting there for so... They were sitting there from... Because they have morning and evening practice. Yeah. And they're at morning practice, and then uh, Fletcher says to the rest of the band, you can leave. It's going to be a while. And they're there until evening practice is ready to go. All day playing the drums. As hard as they could. The entire time. I mean, that's just to show this dynamic. It's something. It's it's like aggravating to watch it sometimes. And I was curious because I know Eric, you have 
a background in music. Like you're familiar with this. Yeah, I'm. I'm from. I don't have necessarily a background as far as you didn't go professionally to professionally yeah. goes. And I don't have any training <laughs> but, or anything. But I'm but. curious, just from listening to. I don't know if you can diagnose it all, but sometimes in these scenes, I feel like they are actually playing on key, and he's just like. Do you ever think that maybe sometimes, like, he's purposely saying they're not doing it right just to, like, psychologically make them think they're not good enough? I mean, regardless of what you're hearing actually in the film, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter what they play. He's going to keep screaming about it. Because at the end of the day, he wants them to prove that they could do that tempo for a long time. Yeah. It needs to be sustainable. Yeah. So, definitely, that's something that I would say Fletcher would do. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want it to just be good one time. Yeah. But as far as what you hear being what he's looking for, I'm I'm not really sure. Regardless, I think that it's safe to say that that might be an, a possibility. Oh, absolutely. Obviously, this whole movie is a is a topic of his psychological uh, restraint or abuse of these people. One of my favorite examples of that in the movie that you end up seeing so much is. The first day that he's there, Andrew is able to join this, you know, top band at studio the school, band. the studio band. Uh, Fletcher is outside in the hallway with him, and he's talking, like, chatting him up. Like, hey, man, how's it going? You excited for your first day? And he's like, so, any uh, musicians in the family? And they have a whole conversation in which Andrew tells him, like, his background, that his dad's a high school teacher, that his mom left their family when they were younger, that, like, he doesn't have any other musical uh, people in his family. He just aspires to be that. And then... Throughout the movie, every time Fletcher's trying to tear him down, he, like, brings up, your dad's a failure because he's a high school teacher. The reason your mom left you is because you're not good enough at playing the drums. Like, to to see the way that Fletcher's brain works to, like, I'm going to be buddy-buddy with this guy the first day to make him think we're good, and then I'm going to get this information out of him that I can use later to try and motivate him. But in reality, it's, like, to tear him down and make him feel worse about himself because that's his form of teaching, but... For me, it's like, dude, like, he was trusting you as, like, this guy he's looking up to, and he opened up to you, and then you're just gonna, like, your mom left you because you're not good enough at the drums? Yeah, he, like, he literally said to him, just get out there and have fun. Now, whether or not he was trying to make him relax to get information to use later, that's something that you just kind of brought to my head right now. Yeah. I, I saw it as... Because it was their first practice together, he was giving him one chance before he turned into the monster. Because That's they had they hadn't worked yeah. together before, so he tells him just relax, go out there, have fun, and then when they start practicing with the band, he starts a little slower, yeah, just to kind of accommodate the the newbie. And then you're, you're right, just, though he completely just turns. I think he's just this, like, maniacal dude always. It's very <laughs> possible. I just didn't see it that way. Because he did, they had, but think about it, though, too. Like, you think, like, they started slower tempo for the newbie and all this. But then he, what, probably seven, eight times in a row, like, stop. Nope, not, not quite, quite my, my tempo. tempo. Yep. It's like, okay, you're saying it a way that's like, I forgive you. But at the same time, everyone else in the band, they'll They're- they'll cut to it. And that's the next thing I want to talk about is the editing of this movie is they'll cut to other people in the band and their face is like, dude, like you better get this Their right. eyes are big and they're like, yeah. I can't believe he's even giving you this one. Yeah, right. They're, they're completely surprised. Yeah. 
they're as if it's like they're in a relationship with someone who's abusive and they're like about to like flinch like they think they're gonna he's gonna throw a chair at them yeah (laughs) and i mean that even relates back to a little bit earlier in the same scene when he first walks into the room they're all standing at attention Mm -hmm. ready for him to enter and where's everybody's eyes on the floor yeah no one wants to make eye contact yeah and andrew's just sitting there not even understanding why everyone's acting so yeah. weird. And there's a scene with that where he where he stops the band because he says somebody's out of tune and goes around and he picks on this one guy who's not like a little bit overweight and Elmer he just Fudd. yeah like, like thirty fat jokes within like a minute and a half of the movie and he ends up kicking him out of the band and his goodbye thing is like maybe if you spent more attention on music instead of thinking about happy meals you'd have more you'd be better at music and it's like. Oh my god. And then the dude leaves crying and then he says for the record he wasn't out of key, out of key or out of tune. Out of tune. You were out of tune to another guy. But and he's he like but the know. fact that he didn't know is just as bad. And it's like you just ruined this guy's whole life like what he's worked for and he wasn't even the one that was wrong and that that goes into like we felt that for a certain reason too and that's why I want to get into the next thing. I think this movie is 100% deserving of the Oscar for film editing because the way that this film is put together, they force you to look at certain things and feel certain things based on the way they shoot it. And like I said, when he's yelling things at people, it's like person to person to person to person in the room and you see all their faces are like, what is going on? Everything's moving so fast. You can't really get a hold of what's going on. And the same thing when Andrew's playing the drums, if he's going symbol to symbol, like the camera goes back and forth and follows it, like... As a viewer, the way that the camera work is done, you're on edge. Like, what are we going to see next? Because that's how these people feel under his teaching. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Like, please let me take a breath for once. <laughs> and, like, that just never comes. Yeah, absolutely. They they With some of the editing, they literally make you feel the anxiety that some of these kids feel yeah. with Fletcher being in charge of them. Mm-hmm. They're completely terrified. And you feel it from panning to person to person like you said and when andrew's going through crazy drum solos like you said they're bouncing around at different angles and showing things but another thing that adds to that is the fact that they're showing miles teller's face all Mm -hmm. the time yep they're showing his exhausted expressions they're showing him concentrating and sweating and that's all real when normal movies that we've seen in the past show a big drum solo it's an edit from the neck down because yeah. they can't show you the head <laughs> yep. because it's somebody else. But that's not the case here. And he's really doing it. He's really trying his hardest and sweating. And his face is all red. And it just makes it so real. Yeah. The fact that they're able to show his whole body and like the real emotions and the sweat dripping onto the drums from him is like it encapsulates the whole thing rather than like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good at the drums, but from a like movie critic standpoint, you're like, mm, I know he's not actually playing the drums right now, and so it might take away. But like, this is like you're fully encapsulated in this, and um, that's one thing I wanted to get in a little fact about the movie. It was actually only shot in 19 days. This film, it was shot, edited, and submitted to Sundance within 10 weeks. Wow! It's like the fact that like they did all that so quickly, and then they won all those Oscars too. That's just something from the back end for me, but like you said, that they were able to do this in a way that you don't see in normal films. Like they really show these actors doing everything. There wasn't, you know, stunt doubles and 
and people substituted out to show you things that that weren't happening on screen like they really were doing everything that you Absolutely. saw one thing that i wanted to bring up about you know as far as character development between the two of them goes mm-hmm. is the car accident yep that is just the craziest thing in the world to me and it it was andrew at his worst yep his his mental health had completely deteriorated he was late for a concert and he ran a light and he got Mm t-boned car flips over he crawls out half his face is bloody he's bloody ripped up crawls out from underneath a flipped car stumbles a little bit gets his wits about him grabs his drumsticks and starts running yep and the guy that get, that hit him gets out. He's like, "Are you okay, man?" And he's like, "It's just a couple blocks. It's, it's just a it's couple just blocks." A couple blocks. And, and he, he starts st- running. He starts running because he has to go drum. And they were gonna let somebody else drum in his place, which is a felony, by the way, hit and run. And that's it's just <laughs> insane to me. And then he's all beaten up and bloody, and he's going through trying to get into this song mm-hmm. that he's supposed to perform. He looks terrible. Covered in blood, torn up. Probably has a concussion. And he can't make it through, obviously, because he got injured in the flip over T-Bone He was literally just in a T-Bone car accident (laughs) like 10 minutes before this. And Fletcher walks up to him and he goes, you're done. And he walks off the stage and he just flips. Yeah. He, He tackles him. Yeah. He tackles him on stage and starts cussing him out. Because he was so mad yeah. that he wasn't allowed to finish the song, and now his career was probably over. His dream yeah. was literally crashing down in front of him. Yeah, and from Fletcher's perspective, too, in that one was a big moment for me because he lives for these competitions and getting these people perfect to perform here because it's what he loves to do. And he actually stops the concert and tells everyone just to quit playing their instruments, which is like... For that character to do that is like unheard of. You'd never think he would, but he realizes it's like stabbing like, himself in the leg with a knife. He, exactly, he cannot stand to do it, and he has to, and yeah. he's so upset. Right, and then that's like the climax for both of their characters, almost as like the demise of Andrew, and then uh, with J.K. Simmons' character to say like, okay, I'm this really is over for him, but he's mad. It's not like, oh, I feel bad for this Andrew right. guy, you know. And we can't say enough good stuff about this movie. It's, it's yeah, I mean, without revealing the last scene because oh, the last scene giving that away is just spoiling it. You you have to watch it. It builds up to that, and it's like, gosh, the way that that plays out is like the perfect encapsulation of both of those characters and like their best elements, and the way it just ends to like, I love that. I love the ending. I love this movie. They, they simultaneously achieved their dreams in one moment, and it was the most unexpected moment of the entire movie. Right. And it just wraps up, and you're you're just sitting there going, wow, that's that's all you're left with. Yeah. Because it, it happens so fast. You, you think this is just another trial, and it's not. It's, yeah. It's the triumph at the end. Right, and if you're like me, then when it ends, you're like, hmm... Let's run that back. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's watch that one Let again. Let me watch that one more time. <laughs> yeah, so, Eric, what do you think? You got some more stuff to say about uh, Whiplash? You got any... Actually, you know what? Here's a question for you. 
do you think you could pick a favorite scene of this movie or a favorite encounter between those two main characters? Uh, my favorite encounter is actually the two of them at the jazz club. Mm. Um, it's not a super popular one, but it is where J.K. Simmons explains the root of his character. Mm-hmm where he explains in a completely calm manner because he's not in charge of Andrew anymore. Yeah. He explains that he acts the way he acts to push people to the absolute limit. And the only people that are worth pushing to the absolute limit are the people who can stand being pushed to the absolute limit. There are no two words in the English language more harmful then good job. My favorite quote of the movie. That's Love it. Says, I yeah. say that all the time. It's, <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah, he. Uh, I I love that scene. It's it it brings like I, like we keep saying. There's so many different dimensions of these characters that we see. Like there's so many times that I've seen a movie where when it ends, I'm like, okay, what about that one part with the character that didn't make sense? And there's part of their life that they never talked about and all this. They're and just they kind of there. Yeah, like this movie shows you every side of these characters and even though fletcher is somewhat elusive like you do end up getting those scenes where it shows like what he really is about and lets you see like okay yeah i still hate him (laughs) but at the same time like he has a method to his madness and you from that point on you get what he's doing Mm -hmm. you you get why he acted the way he was and you're kind of torn between the fact that like what he's doing is really harsh but if it ever pays off, yeah, that's it all makes up for it because you just made a legend. You and he just, acknowledges the fact that he sucks yeah, sometimes. And he's, <laughs> he's totally cool with it because he's so determined to help the next legend come to be who they need to be. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that that's why that's my favorite scene. It, he completely explains why he is the way he is. I agree. Um, all right, well, here's a, here's one thing I like doing uh, with Trey. If you could give me a quick sound bite, or for someone who hasn't seen this movie, a quick, you know, couple, few second sound bite as to why you would tell someone to go see this movie. Give it to me. Okay. Um, the movie definitely leaves you on the edge of your seat. Like I've said many times, it's short, so it moves fast. Um, it doesn't spend a lot of time in the intricate details it just tells you what you need to know and gives you those big suspenseful moments that everyone loves in every movie and at the end of it it gives you all the trials that you want a character to overcome and then it shows you just the best ending to a movie out of almost any movie i've ever seen i couldn't have put it better myself (laughs) uh eric you got anything else for the people No, it was really fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you came on, and I look forward to our future uh, shows together. Um, And this was our our first guest on Film Junkies with Griffin Friends. And we'll catch you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 